1: Uh, clay Murphy is a Notre Dame fan in college. What game would you pick off the schedule to go to? Okay. So there's a couple different ways to look at this clay. Obviously the easy ones are Ohio state and USC. If you've never been to a Notre Dame game before you want to get to a Notre Dame USC game. And I know the Ohio state game will be huge. And the reason that you could maybe pick Ohio state is because I don't know when they're going to play Ohio state again. I know they're going to play USC at home again in two years. And then in, four years and then in six years. So they're going to play USC again. You may not get another crack in your lifetime of them playing Ohio state, or at least it's going to be, you're not going to be, you know, you may have kids in college next time. Cause if you think about it, you know, the last time Notre Dame played Ohio state in a home and home was the 94, 95, 96 seasons. It's been almost 20 years. Right. And so actually it's been over 20 years since the last time they played. It may be that way again especially with Ohio state joining, you know, now having this huge conference at plan. So, uh, you know, for me, honestly, clay, I'd say Ohio state, the uniqueness of it. The other part that I would say is uh, USC because it's the rival and, and there's never, it's never wrong to go to the first home opener of a season. That's always fun because it's like the first time people are back. You haven't seen them. You know, it's the team is first team you have seen play at home. So if you were to go to the Tennessee State game, that would be cool. And here's the thing about Tennessee State. I have a feeling, and I could be crazy, I have a feeling halftime's going to be legit this year in the Tennessee State-Notre Dame game. So that would be another cool thing. And it's a first. It's like, look, they've never played an FCS team before. And some people don't like that. It's fine. They've never played an HBCU before. Uh, which I actually think is pretty cool that they are. I, I wish they would have played a more prominent HBCU first. If Notre Dame's going to break their FCS schedule because they want to play in, 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 in uh, an HBCU, I would rather it be like a Grambling, a Southern, something you know, more of a traditional type of team. But you know, Tennessee State's regional, uh, former Ohio State guy there, all that kind of stuff. So I'm I'm fine with it. Yeah. And from that regard, I just I don't like the idea of FCS at all. But that's going to be cool. It's going to be memorable. You may want to be at that one. Those are the three that I would say would be at the top of my list at this point in time, Clay. Good question.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
2: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: Timeout Tom says, Brian, is there still plans to offer a magazine? If yes, will it be a compilation of articles from the message board or new content? So still working on that, Tom. Uh, I'm not going to promise it this year because I, I, I said we we're going to do it last year. And I just for a million reasons, we couldn't get it done. Uh, but. Anytime that you have that I'm going to do something like that, it will always be new content. I would ne- what I would do maybe is after the magazine's been out for a while, maybe put that content on the message board, but it'll be new and fresh to the magazine that then maybe goes on the message board. I won't put it up on the website, but uh, um, that'd definitely be new Intel. I'd like to do it. There's just a lot that goes into it. I don't have the team right now to do that. I have people that can pr- produce content, but editing and layout and all that. We're just not there yet because right now I'd have to do all that and I don't, I just, I'm not able to. So we're trying, I've been working on it now for a couple months to get a team in place to kind of do a lot of that stuff. We're just not there yet, but we will eventually get to a magazine. And my goal is it will be digital. All digital is to have a a preseason magazine, a recruiting magazine, and then sort of like a, like a, a bowl game preview, that type of thing. There's some things like that that I'd like to do for the magazine and uh, they'd all be sold individually. Eventually maybe we do something where it's like a weekly thing. I don't know if that's the direction I want to go to be honest with you, or if that would make a lot of sense. I'd rather just stick to the content we're doing now for the site and the message board, but for the big events, bowl games, uh, if they're a playoff game uh, signing day, and then, uh, and and then obviously preseason that's stuff that I want to do. And we, we will, we will have that stuff eventually. I just don't, I just can't promise that it's going to be this summer, but I'm definitely working on it. And if you're an annual member to Irish Breakdown, you'd get it for free. So um, that's going to be part of the deal for buying an annual membership is, is you get access to the, to the, and like there's, I got to figure out the delivery system, right? Like how, how do I sell it where people can purchase it and then just can't put it out for everyone else to see that kind of thing. So those are the questions that I'm working on and that's the difficulty of a digital type of magazine in that regard. So we're, we're working on it, working on it. Kevin Harden says, how do you think the mentality of coaches has changed over the years from era and Lou to now? And do you feel the evolution from old school coaching to players coach changed, changed players' mentality? Uh, big time. And, and look, I, I wish there would be a ha- – I, I, from a, what we define as a players coach to the old school Lou Holtz, I, I would find, I'd like to find a, a happy medium. I think that part of the reason that football coaches need to be more demanding than other sports is because of the physical – aspect of the game that requires so much more mental toughness i mean there's really not another sport where certain positions are literally punching themselves in the face or headbutting each other on every play which is basically what linemen do it's a very violent game it's a game that absolutely challenges your manhood and if you're not mentally tough you're just not going to handle it i think as in general we're doing a terrible job of teaching young people how to handle adversity in life and sports and all that we just cater to their weakness and I think that sucks. And so uh I that's why I don't that's why I still think you're seeing coaches that are demanding, like Kirby is very demanding. Sabus so, and those are the best teams because those teams handle adversity really well. And I don't know that Lincoln Riley's been able to instill that, to be honest with you, in his teams. There's gotta be happy medium because I like I watched the Junction Boys that one time and I'm like, this is terrible. Like this is this is awful. This isn't a good movie. This is I can't believe they treated players like this. This is this is disgusting. I hated that movie. But I don't want that. But I also don't what we do like what we consider now the way to treat people. I just don't think coddling young people is a way to go. I just don't. You know, I, I look back now. I didn't like it when my dad was critical of me or demanded that I go out and do this or do that. But he knew I wanted to be great at something and he pushed me towards it. And he didn't accept mediocrity. And 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 I might have liked liked when I'm 12, but now at 40, I'm so glad he did that when I was a kid. This notion that, you know, you just let kids pick whatever they want to do. They get it to, you know, I get to choose to be this or choose to be that. It's absurd. You don't let your kid choose his bedtime or you shouldn't. You're not going to then let him, you know, do it. No, it's your job to, it's our job as a to mold younger people to be able to handle success in life and be able to handle adversity. And we just want to, We want to get rid of anything that can maybe hurt their feelings, create safe space. It's just a safe space, the stupidest thing in the world. Because you're making kids soft. And that's bleeding into sports way more than it should. But I also don't want to live in a world where crap like the Junction Boys is happening. And so we've got to find that happy medium, to be honest with you, because it's going to be better for young people in life. It's not just about sports, it's about life. And you'll talk to so many new Holts. Players who are like I hated him when I was a coach, hated him, but I love him now because he helped me become a man, and I'm all about that. I think that's absolutely what we should be doing. Absolutely, what we should be doing. And so, like, I helped my sister coach a, a like a junior high girls softball team one year. What I realized is like you got to handle coaching uh, young people way different, and you got to handle coaching girls different than you do college football players, obviously. But at the same time, you you saw the girls in that team that just wanted to be coached. They wanted to be challenged, right? Um, and and they and and that kind of thing from a coach. So uh, I still think that's ideal. And some kids don't realize they want to be challenged, but they they need it. And I just I don't want us to get too far away from what it used to be. But I don't ever want it to be the way it was a long time ago because that was just insane. To be honest, I'm I'm not I'm shocked more kids didn't die. I mean, I'm really am with some of the stuff that you watch when you watch those kind of shows. Now let's get to some more questions here. Zaremba R says, if Notre Dame lands Gearby Lambert, would him and Charles Jagasaw be your future tackles? Then Absher would move to guard. I I think Absher's going to end up a guard anyway. Could they be your future tackles? Maybe, maybe. I don't I don't know if it's a given or not yet. I I would, I would hope so, right? Jagasaw right tackle and Gearby Lambert left tackle. I think I think that'd be pretty cool. I'd love to see that. Um, so I think that'd be ideal, but I, I don't think those moves result in Charles and Sullivan Apture being a guard. I think that's just going to happen anyway. I just okay. think that's where Sullivan Apture's best position is going to be. In my opinion. Uh, Archer four, five, two is the best singer band from your home area. Being from close to Columbus. I got to go with 21 pilots. I don't know. Well, if, if I'm going to use like Limo, I don't I don't know of any singers that came out of there. I have no clue. The only really artist that I remember uh, coming out of the Virginia Beach area that I know of, and again maybe some more came out, is uh, who is the guy that is Missy Elliott's from that area? She's from Portsmouth, I think. But who is the producer on all those on all the the Missy Elliotts and all those? I can't remember who it was, but that guy um, was from there. But I, I don't I don't know. I I couldn't tell you. I really couldn't tell you. Sorry, sorry, Ar- Archer, a Aben, ND. Any idea who Notre Dame is strongly considering for the next apparel contract? Would it make sense to split up the uniforms and cleat shoes? Uh, Timberland is who it was, by the way. Um, uh, yeah, that's correct. Yes. But um, that's about all I know. I don't know who they're strongly considering. I think it would be unwise for Notre Dame to truly leak who they are strongly considering. I think it'd be wise to leak certain things about offers and stuff like that. But um you know, that way you, you kind of let people know what the market is and and drive the price up. I think that would make a lot of sense. But, uh, I mean, I've heard different things. I've heard that they're considering sticking with Under Armour. I've heard they're considering to go to either Nike or the Jordan brand. I've heard Adidas is making a run. I don't, I don't know. Honestly, I really don't. I personally, if I could stick with Under Armour from an apparel standpoint and get somebody different for the shoe, I would be all about that. Cause I feel like signing two contracts is going to give me more money. Cause I can get more for the shoe and then more for that, but maybe not as much from e- either one of them as I would as one, but getting two, where I get a little bit more from you and a little bit more from you, I think be ideal. So, um, you know, like, yeah, I- I'd be all about that. Cause that's the one thing. That's the one big knock I have on Under Armour. There's two knocks I have on Under Armour. Number one is they don't make enough of, of the peril that people see and would want public. I think that's silly. It's a wasted opportunity. And the other thing, and that might be Notre Dame's fault. I don't know. There may be something to contract to say hey, we have stuff that's exclusive to us. Maybe I don't. I don't know if I can necessarily blame them for that. But um, I, I'd like to see more of that. And then the other part of it would be I don't. I, from everything I've been told, their cleats are terrible. I don't know that firsthand, but that's what I hear. So if you could, if you could do that, maybe get I don't know Adidas for the shoe or New Balance or somebody that you know does good shoes. Uh, and then get Under Armour for the apparel. That'd be ideal for me. I would. I'd like to see that. I like Under Armour uh, uh, apparel. I do. I just don't. I just heard their cleats are trash. I don't like Adidas a ton, but I'd be open to it. So, yeah, I'd be open to it if if there. I I just would want a little bit more control over. I don't want it because like the problem Adidas has, is they try to make everything look like cookie cutters. Every team's uniforms with Adidas look the same. Back in the day, I would want just a little bit more. I'd want to change from that that's my two cents. Chris Govia says your thoughts on having a sports psychologist on staff. Lorenzo's drops last year seem mental. Chris, I've said this in the past. I absolutely think that sports, the the athletic programs should absolutely have mental health specialists because you know, I talked earlier about, you know, the hard time. Somebody said hard times create hard men. And I've talked more about the need for mental toughness. Uh, I'm not some of those people that believes to be mentally tough. You have to Bury your feelings down inside and not let them out, and be a man. Like being a man means you don't talk about your feelings. I don't. That, that's that's the old school crap that I don't believe in. I think you can be tough. You can be you can be uh, hard. You can be someone who overcomes adversity, but you're also so, need someone. You need somebody to talk to. You need somebody to, to be able to say, Hey, I'm struggling with something, and and I'm not sure how to handle this, and I can't get out of this funk. As a forty something year old adult, even recently, I've gone through times where I wake up in the morning and and Everything should be fine. My wife loves me. We've got a roof over our head. I'm, I'm, I've got a thriving business. I've got this, and I'm just, I, I just got a dark cloud over my head. I don't know why. I don't know how to get out of it. And, and, um, you know, when I'm 44, I have, I have developed methods of, of, you know, okay, battle through it. You know, spend time in prayer, do certain things, stuff like that. But when you're talking about an 18, 19, 20 year old who's dealing with the crap these kids have to deal with on social media, and yes, they shouldn't be on it. That's a different animal. Uh, You deal with the stuff that they're, they're dealing with their sport, the demands of their sport, the being pulled in all these directions with NIL and transfers and all this other kind of stuff. And then they've got the normal teenager problems. They have to deal with girlfriends, breaking up with them, fights with their friends, parents are going through something. And these kids have so much on them that I never dreamed of having to deal with as an 18, 19, 20 year old. There should absolutely be people beyond their football staff that are there to say, hey, you know, we're we're here to help you uh handle all these things and and, and to and to and sometimes, you know, however that's going to be, sometimes it's to challenge them, sometimes just to let them talk, whatever the case may be. I believe in that kind of stuff. Uh, I wish we did more for our troops when they come home from certain. We should absolutely be doing more and more and more and more to help our troops that are coming home from war right that's a big thing to help these young student athletes that one of the toughest things student athletes are going to ever experience is the minute they are no longer an athlete or like a part of a team so like all the kids that aren't going to be playing in the nfl that is a hard adjustment and there's nobody to really help them with that process and so i really wish there was more for that i that's something i would do for all the sports I would do all that stuff. And Notre Dame should be setting the trend for that. That's just the thing that frustrates me is you don't want to pay NIL stuff, whatever. Fine. I don't care about that. You don't want to get into this bidding war of this thing. That's fine. But when it comes to stuff like this, and I've railed about this before, when it comes to stuff like this, when this is truly about building up young people, and it's not just football, it's basketball, it's women's sports, men's sports, all of it. When you do stuff like that, you're now setting the tone for we're going to do this the right way. Of course, there's always concerns that you hire someone who sucks at their job or has agendas or whatever, but that's part of the vetting process of hiring someone who truly cares about building up young people in 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 those different ways. And so I absolutely think that that should be something that Notre Dame takes great pride in and invests the money in to have that. And it's not just like one sports psychologist for all the sports. It's a, a team of them that handle the different sports. And sometimes you may have one that handles multiple sports because the rosters are really small and you have one for just football because, or a football and a staff because it's so many people, but I, I would have a team of that. And Notre Dame should be trendsetters in that regard, flat out trendsetters in that regard. They're not. And, and, um, that's disappointing, but, but that's something I would love to see Notre Dame do. Absolutely. And, and I don't care about, Okay. I need you to help Lorenzo not drop the football anymore. I don't care about that, but if there's, let's just say that it all stems from this issue that's built around this thing over here. I care about helping him deal with that thing, and if the byproduct is he's not dropping the ball anymore, great. But that's not my end game. My end game is this is a kid that is struggling with. I mean, we saw it with the Halinsky kid that that committed suicide. So tragic. And I'm not saying anybody dropped the ball. I don't know what happened there. But, like, you'd be surprised how many kids have those thoughts because it's just they're overwhelmed and they don't have anywhere to go. And there's two different sides to being a man. One is to be unnecessarily sensitive, and the other is suck it up and be a man. I don't think either one of them help. And everybody's different. And you just wish that it was there was more like that available to these young people to be able to, to, to help them become better people and to work through these things. So yes, Chris, I would love to have that. And if the byproduct is, is the football product is better, great, but it's not the end game. The end game is we're trying to help develop and strengthen young people to be, be the best versions of themselves at a place like Notre Dame. The cool thing about that is, is you should be able to make faith a part of that because you're, you're a Catholic institution. Faith should be a part of that. I understand it. You may not be able to do that at certain public schools, but at Notre Dame, it should be a part of that. Cause for me personally, I don't think you can be the best version of yourself without, without God. That's my personal opinion. Um, It doesn't mean that you're in there. Okay. I'm having trouble with my girlfriend back home. Okay. Let's dive into the gospel. And you know, okay, that doesn't really help me. Like it's about faith and leading me to faith perhaps, but it's just like, there's a right and a wrong way to do that in my opinion. But yes, Notre Dame should flat out be trendsetters when it comes to stuff like this. 100%, Hundred percent, and there's no excuse not to. And I'd like to see them do that. Archer says, "What is the single best sports logo, either classic or current?" I'm biased on this, but I thought the Denver Bronco D back in the day was awesome. And that's just me. I loved that. And then, of course, there's the interlocking ND. I think those are the two best. But I'm biased. Um, I think those are those are those are my favorites. To be honest with you, those are mine. Oh, you know what else one I liked? I liked the old-school Patriots one. Back in the day, the old Patriots one, like from back with the white helmets with the guy snapping. That's pretty cool. That's one of my favorites as well. And anybody that knows me understands why. But I thought that one was pretty cool. Pretty cool. It was like when the Patriots go to those old-school throwbacks, I love those. Absolutely love those. Richard Meredith. Who will have more passing yards, Tyler Buckner at Notre Dame or Drew Pine at Arizona State? Well, in 2023, Probably a good chance Drew does because Drew might be the starter at Arizona State. I don't know how much Tyler's going to play. Who's going to pass for more over the next couple of years? Tyler. Tyler's a better player than Drew Pine. So that's just that's just the reality of it. But I don't know if he's going to necessarily start this year. So I, I, I probably, lean, right now, probably lean towards Drew Pine. But I don't know if Drew Pine's going to start. I just don't know enough about the Arizona State quarterback battle to know if Drew Pine's going to end up being the starter for that football team. We are not Marshall. Brian, your thoughts on Jason Onye. Last year, you talked about the physical tools. Is he learning at a quick enough pace to provide quality snaps to the D-line? So we've talked about this. I think you were out for a few weeks, or We are not Marshall. But we've talked about Jason Onye quite a bit this spring. Uh, I've heard a lot of good things about him from, from sources. And and then we saw him look really good in the practice we saw. In the other two practices, I thought he looked really quick and explosive moving through drills, which I was keeping an eye on because he put on a lot of weight, and I wanted to see him handle it. He was over 290 now. He looked quick, moving around really well, had a really good practice session that we saw. Uh still needs to be more assignment correct, but he's getting there. He's definitely getting there. He's had a really good spring. And then I talked to sources and they tell me the same thing. He he really looks good. So I um I, I'm a I'm very cautiously optimistic that Jason's gonna be a very key member of the rotation. Like, look, like we had this, this thing, so, somebody I think there's a misconception about the Notre Dame talent that they have. And, and I think they have a lot of talent. It's just unproven. And no matter what metric you use, if you're someone who's a recruiting rankings person, 13 of Notre Dame's defensive linemen on scholarship this year were, were composite or when I say uh, composite four-star recruits on 247. And I think like six of them were ranked as top 100 recruits by somebody. Now, again, I'm not a recruiting person. I'm saying for those who are a recruiting person. I'm talking about the film. There's a lot of talent coming back as well. It's just, do they step up? Does Gabriel Rubio start tapping into his full potential? Does Jason Onye do that? Does Riley Mills break out and become more consistent? I mean, there's so many question marks, but the talent's there. There's a lot of talent for this defensive line. There really is. It's just, it's very unproven. So it's hard for me to say they're definitely going to be there. But for me, Jason Onye is a big part of that. Him cracking a rotation spot this year is a big part. If he can become the disruptive player in games that we've seen from him in practice so far, the steel line's going to have a chance to be pretty good. Without definitely has a chance to be pretty good. Siggy13 says, what conference gets the 20 teams first? Does it happen before a bigger change happens? I think it's going to be the Big Ten. I think the Big Ten is going to fight hard to try to get two more teams into their league. So that's that's where I'm going with it. I'm going to go Big Ten. And I am not going to like it. Chris Govia, EA Sports, NJ football rating for Chris Tyree's hands. Asking for a friend. I don't know. I mean... um what would like eighty be good? I don't remember. I mean, he's solid. You just don't throw it too high, and don't make him win a lot of contested throws. That would be, that would be mine. But if you hit him in this his zone, he's he's gonna catch it. He's not gonna have great hands, but it's it's adequate. It's adequate, and sometimes good. Just depends on the kind of route you're 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 looking at. Let's get to some more here. Uh, did you get a chance to watch Logan Diggs' mic'd up video? Pretty cool ending. Do you think Indy Media has done a better job highlighting players' coaches with their current recent mic'd up videos? It's fine. It, it, it's fine. It's 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 a, I'll tell you this. It's a step in the right direction. We talked this offseason. This is something they should do after every practice. And uh, it's fine. I, I like that they're doing it with coaches and players. I wish they would do it maybe with some players that are practicing. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, but, no, it's fine. It's fine. It was good. Uh, the ending was good. Talking about Sam throwing that, you know, throwing that ball, and somebody somebody made a um, um, uh, somebody made a great catch. I couldn't really see it at the very end, but yeah, I mean that was fun. That was fun. And it's given Logan exposure, right? I would wish they'd be a little bit longer, but yeah, that's fine. It's a good step in the right direction. It's it, it is. I'll give him credit for that. And that's something we've called for them to do. So I'm glad that they're doing it. And now it's about – it's like with our show. When our show first started, you look at what our show was when it started to now and what I hope it's going to be in five years. It's going to look way different. you just got to start somewhere. And I'm kudos to them for starting somewhere. I wish they would do more practice highlights. But, you know, baby steps, I guess. Adam Blair says, start a franchise with LT or Reggie White? I'm uh, I'm a four-down guy, so I'd probably say Reggie White. I mean, you give me a big power end i mean uh, reggie was a monster plus with all due respect uh i feel like reggie is going to have a little bit more um reggie's going to be a little bit more uh responsible uh off the field than lt was so that's going to factor into it as well so i'd probably go reggie way but look this is one of those ones man there's not a wrong answer there's not a wrong answer if you're a 3-4 team it's going to be it's like in Notre Dame's defense I'd I'd probably take uh Reggie White and Alabama's defense I'd probably take Lawrence Taylor and just put him where Will Anderson does and just say go sack the quarterback. You can put Lawrence Taylor where uh Isaiah Foskey was too and he'd be a monster, but I just if I had a dominant big end that's going to make my defense so hard to beat. But again, it's personal preference. There's it's not a wrong answer on that one in my opinion. All right, we're getting kind of close to the end here. This is good. Uh, My throat is about to go. Jay Henry asks, uh, who do you think is the most overrated player coming into the 23 season? Uh, Are we talking, I am assume, Jay, we're talking nationally in this regard. Oh, boy. Uh, Let's see, 2020, uh, most overrated player in college football coming into 2023. Hmm. Well, I want to say Marvin Harrison Jr. just to piss off Archer, but that's not true. He's really good. Uh, I just want to get Archer fired up a little bit today. Uh, I want to say JJ McCarthy just to get my guy Antoine fired up, you know, my Michigan fans. So I want to say him too. Uh, but I, 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 that's just more about getting guys fired up. If I had to, if I had to say, boy, that's a, it's a good one. I'd probably uh, somebody, somebody just said in, the, in their, um in there joe milton i i don't know if he's i don't know if i call him overrated uh nice comeback archer well played my friend he's <laughs> Archer said hartman well played well played i deserve that one i deserve that one um a lot of the most overrated guys i think are are, are gone I, I i do think house has a couple overrated guys on defense i do think jj mccarthy actually is a little bit overrated um Archie Manning, I mean, I I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if maybe Archie, Arch Manning, but I I think that's a little unfair. Um, uh, I don't know if I'd say Joe Milton because I don't know how much hype Joe Milton's getting. It's not like he's getting All-American honors. Part of me wants to say Xavier Worthy because I saw that he was a second team All-American this year. Uh, And and the way he played last year, Xavier does not belong on second team All-American list the way he played last year. I know he was very good as a freshman. But he, in my opinion, was was not very good last year. And, and so being a second-team All-American, I think that's a little bit overrated. He's got the talent to be there, though. I and mean, I think he's got the talent to be that kind of guy. I just think right now he's got a lot to prove, in my opinion. So, the, I mean, I, those would be guys I'd probably go with. I, I think Braylon Allen, I always the second-team All-American. I know Braylon Allen produces numbers. I get that. He does. But I've just... I think it's more system driven. I've just never been necessarily blown away with him as a player. Uh, I mean, if, if you had to say, Hey, who'd you rather have on your team? Braylon Allen or Audrick Estime? I'd take Audrick estimate. Uh, I would. Maybe that's my bias, but uh, somebody said J- Jackson dart. I don't think Jackson darts rated real high. I mean, literally Ole Miss went out and got like two quarterbacks in the portal trying to get Jackson dart to move on in my opinion. So um, yeah, th- th- those are ones I, but a lot of the overhyped guys that I thought in last are gone now. They're they're off to the NFL now. So that'll be an interesting one. Uh, yeah. So some of the guys that people mentioned I don't think are really getting a lot of hype. David Lo says, Brian, would you rather have Christian Gray as a good safety or elite corner? A- always an elite corner. Always. And I don't think Christian Gray. Yeah. That's a. I mean, fair question, David. That's an easy one. Give me an elite corner over. Because, Ryan, I'm curious if you agree with this. Ryan's down. I would give me an an elite corner and two good safeties with a really good front seven, and I'm going to have an elite defense as opposed to, you know, to a really, uh, you know, same D line and just good corners and a a great safety. That's going to be a good defense too, but I'd rather have, because the corners I got to put out on an island more. There's no position in football that's on an island more than corners. And especially if you're a man team like Notre Dame, you give me an elite corner. Oh, I'm going to be really good on defense. If I, if I'm, you know, as long as the rest is pretty good, but yeah, if I got two pretty good safeties, just good safeties and and elite corners, I'm loving that. I'm loving that. That's a great scenario for me from a secondary standpoint. No question. Somebody asked about, we're talking about overrated. Somebody said, how about Harold Perkins? Uh, I didn't see much LSU last year. If you look at what Harold Perkins did the second half of the year, he was pretty darn good. So he's getting, he's getting second team all American preseason lists. I saw, uh, I think second team. No, he first team. Was he first team? You know, am I ready to put him on the first team just yet? Maybe not, but I'm not gonna argue that too much. He's incredibly talented and had a really good first year, especially late in the down the year, down the stretch. He got so much better late in the year. So I'm good with that one. I'm good with that. I'm good with the hype for Held Perkins. I think that's valid. I mean, we we can nitpick, should he be first team or second team? I mean, that would be that'd be an argument, but he's really talented. So if somebody wants to if somebody wants to project him to first team preseason, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I don't. I don't think. I wouldn't put him in an overrated category at all. I think he's I, he's really good. And I and I'm also curious how he's going to. You know, Matt House is now in year two of, of his defense. Is he going to be able to get that group better? I, that's a good question mark because they were not very good on defense last year. But I'm I'm a Harold Parkins is really talented, like, really talented. Let's get to we got a few more here. Uh, J.P. Buelsfeld said Rick Neuheisel states on ESPN radio show many times he accepted the job in 2004 before Charlie Weiss but then changed his mind 24 hours later. True or not? I I don't I don't know the answer to that from Notre Dame side. I've never had anyone talk to me about that in one way or the other. I doubt that Rick Neuheisel would say that publicly as often as he apparently does. I don't listen to Rick Neuheisel. If there wasn't truth to that, because it'd just be so easy for some Notre Dame to say this guy's full of it. So I I don't now my yeah i so i don't know the answer to that i really don't but um i don't know why he would lie about it so but i've jp i just have never heard one way or the other so i can't really answer that question it's going from antoine johnson brian with college football expanding soon i think the main priority for college teams should be depth and being strategic in your recruiting people don't get it but remaining healthy will be important what you think Uh, you're talking about the postseason. I think so. I mean, in order to win a title, sometimes you got to win four games. Yeah, you need depth, man. You really do, Antoine. I think it's a good point. And it just comes down to, yeah, it's good to recruit the top level guys, but you've got to recruit depth, man. You're gonna have more injuries, you're gonna have to play more more guys during the season. You got to make sure that when you're rotating D linemen, secondary guys, receivers, running backs, that you're not having a big drop off. So I think we're being really good at recruiting good depth players and, and having, and here's a big thing, Antoine, in this stupid portal era, you got to make sure your program is such that you're recruiting guys that are going to battle through adversity. Guys that are not just going to, If they don't like, like, I remember I was, who was that linebacker from was it from Nebraska? He's part of the, <clears throat> he ended up sounding like Arizona state or something like that. But I remember talking to him and he was like, yeah, he was he, at the time he liked Notre Dame a lot. I thought he was a little overrated. I don't think he's very athletic, but a little overrated. But he said something to me at at an event. He was in the twenty two class, and he said something to me at an event where he's like, "Yeah, I'm going to go somewhere, and, and uh, you know, somewhere. If I don't play within the first two years, I'm leaving." And I'm like, "If I had a kid say that to me, I'd stop recruiting him. Like, literally, I'd stop recruiting him because I don't want that kind of guy. So if if, if things don't go your way right away, you're going to leave." Give me a break! So I, I have to share with you all what I'm watching right now. So it's absolutely hilarious. So Ryan's daughter's home, and she's treating him like a jungle gym right now, which is absolutely. He's trying to he's trying to bring questions up, and she's climbing all over him. It's so funny. She's adorable. Uh, so that's what Ryan is dealing with right now. So it's just absolutely hilarious. So I, I got a big kick out of that. So I'm trying to answer this question as I'm watching Jules just like climb all over Ryan and put him in a chokehold. It was great. Hi Jules. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, all right, let's get to some more questions here as we get close to wrapping up. But yeah, Antoine, you're absolutely right. Depth is going to be so important. Uh, Ray Holcraft says, "What are the key traits you look for in a nickel DB and field and and field side and boundary corner? What does each position need?" That's a good question, Ray. So uh, I'll, I'll start with kind of work boundary over a boundary corner. To me, has to be a guy that is a pure cover guy. He's got to be rangy. He's got to be able to play the play over the top. He's got to be a color down the field. He has to have enough physicality to be able to handle some of the, the more physical routes, the comebacks, the stops, the back shoulders. There's gotta be some physicality to that, uh, that I, that I think is important and I think you need, uh, he's gotta be a guy that's, that's fluid. I, 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 believe to be the best. You can get away with it. If, if, you know, he's not, if he's long or whatever, there's gotta be some length to that guy. He's gotta be a pretty decent tackler point of attack, tackler point of attack tackler, and and he's got to be, like I said, really good man coverage because he's going to have a lot more not reps. He's not getting help. A field corner has got to be rangy. A field corner has to – I mean, he's playing the field. There's a lot more ground to cover. You've got to be able to play zone effectively there. You've got to be able to play man, but you're running a lot – you've got to cover man in a lot more room. You've got to be a guy, in my opinion, in most teams, you've got to be a good downhill player, I meaning you've got to be able to come up and take on blocks – Blow up bubble screens, blow up perimeter screens. If you're if you're a soft field corner, you better be playing like cover one and having some other answers because you're just I'm just gonna I'm gonna screen game you and perimeter run you all day because your corner I'm just gonna blow up your corner and I know I'm gonna be able to get some positive yards. So you've got to be a guy to come up and, and take on the run. There's got to be a level of of you got to be able to run. Period. I think there's a lot of ground to cover as a field corner. Uh, a nickel corner to me is a very unique position in today's era. Obviously, you got to be able to play man, you got to be able to run with people, you got to be able, you got to be a smart player, you got to work, know when to work over top of a, of a pick play, when to work underneath certain concepts. Uh, you've got to be a guy that, that can run and cover, but also someone who's physical enough to come up and, and, and also take on blocks and make plays. So there's a lot more similarities between the field and the nickel than there are between the boundary. But I, I think you can get away with not being as big, like as long as a nickel, depending on what coverages you're in. Uh, but even then there's some concerns where if you're a, a nickel team playing single high, I might be able to, you know, get some seam stuff against you if you're not long enough. But uh, I think all of them have to be able to tackle, but there's a level of physicality taken on blocks. that's especially needed with the two field positions, which is nickel and, and outside corner. That I think are there, and I think an outside cornerback is, also has to be a guy that's very instinctive. He's got to be able to, because you're going to double move more of that side of the field. You're going to do things to try to create, you know, fake a bubble and and run a goal. You got to be a really instinctive player to be a field corner as well. And I, and I think there's a level of football IQ that's needed there as well. That that has to be pretty good. All right, next one is from Tyler Misguided Passion Bench. I, ben, ben, I love your that name, by the way. Thoughts on teams retroactively getting themselves championships in the years where multiple teams should claim championships. I think that's lame. I think that's extremely lame. I think there should be a set standard for what's considered a champion, and everyone should live by that. The fact that certain teams declare champions one way and the others enough another way is just something that drives me absolutely freaking nuts. I think that's just really stupid. Like, didn't Texas A&M do that recently? It's just lame it's really lame but it's not a surprise it's all a recruiting r- recruiting tool in my opinion all right let's go to chief brody how bad were the marshall and stanford losses in hindsight well the marshall loss is not as bad as i think people make it out to be for two reasons number one is marshall's a pretty good team last year there's no excuse for the loss it's it's not i'm not trying to justify the loss i'm just saying marshall's a pretty good team and it was game 2 if you run the table the rest of the year uh, And your only losses to USC. We're we're not looking at that Marshall game as bad, in my opinion. The Stanford one is the one that really hurts because they were not good. They were just a bad football team. And there was no excuse. There was no excuse for either. But the Stanford game was worse to me than Marshall. But, you know, hindsight, how bad were they? They were bad losses. But I also don't want to overreact to it. I mean, Georgia recently lost to a 4-8 South Carolina team. The year, the 2017 season, Clemson, goes to the college football playoff, they lost to a four and eight Syracuse team. Like we, we need to not overreact to this stuff too much. It's bad losses, but Notre Dame bounced back pretty well from those and finished strong. So I don't, I don't think there's no lingering side effects of those, of those games anymore, but at the time they were, they were bad. They were not good. Last couple here. We've got from Scott L. One of this is one of two on National Signing Day. Marcus Freeman said, "Getting players to commit ASAP is vital as anything else in the recruiting process. The sooner they commit, the better chance the Irish have of signing them." Part two is, do you agree or disagree? Why? It's the, if the, it isn't the opposite true. Once a talented recruit commits, it allows other schools to uh, programs to recruit against Notre Dame. Well, Scott, it's a good question. I, I somewhat agree, but also somewhat disagree. And I, but I, but I think. I don't necessarily agree wholeheartedly with what he's saying, but I do agree with what Notre Dame is doing. There have been several players in the 24 class that have tried to commit to Notre Dame, but they wanted to take visits. And Notre Dame has basically said, that's fine, take visits, but we're not going to take your commitment right now. Just see it through, because I think they understand the impact of signing these, getting committed from these kids and then losing them perfect example is the perception of the 23 class is not as great as the talent in the 23 class why because the perception is bad because they lost keon Kelly, they lost peyton bone they lost dylan edwards and so there's a perception that it's not as good of a class as it should have been they lost brandon hillman and that's true it's not as good as it should have been but it's still a really good class if you never would have had commitment from those players i think the perception of this class would be very different and people would be much higher on it. And I think that matters. Perception matters. I wish it didn't, but it does. And so it it has to depend on the player. There are some players, just, it's like, look, just get them in the class and then fend everybody off. That's that's a, the approach you got to take. But with other players, it's like, I don't know if I want to get I, – I need to know the kid well enough to know is, are we just a – this is what I felt about a Morin Walker. I kind of felt like from the minute he committed, he was, it was, they were always like, a, okay, I'll go to them unless I get something better. You got to know kids well enough to know that that's not the case. And sometimes, if you're not really in a strong relationship with a kid and you don't really know who he is yet, and he wants to commit, and you're still new to that recruitment, don't take it because that's where you may get burned. Really develop the relationship, and then that's also requires you to get on kids earlier. And if you're able to, and you say, "I'm confident this, we may lose him, but I'm, I'm pretty confident this kid wants to be here," then I'm okay taking that early because in, in a lot of instances, everybody may say, "Hey, we we know." who to beat now, and we know who to go against, and that's fine, but they're going to know if Notre Dame's the leader or not, and they're going to beat up Notre Dame anyway. So it's easier to get a kid to de- – it's e- It's harder for a kid to decommit and go somewhere else than it is to win that battle if you're on the same plane as everybody else. So in most instances, I'd rather have a kid commit, uh, but what, what I wouldn't do ever in any circumstance is take a commitment from a kid who still flat out tells you he's going to take more visits. There's no need for that. Because I'd rather lose him in two months after the visits and no one knew that we had him than to get a public commitment and then go through the process of the decommitment because he visited Georgia and Bam or Ohio State or whatever. So it just it, it varies kid to kid, honestly, Scott. And and I think that's kind of where I look at it and I I figure again, it just depends on the kid. But in if a kid's ready to lock his recruitment down and not take visits and you feel comfortable knowing who this kid is and his support system at home, I'd take the commitment and, and knowing that some of those kids are going to choose to leave. That's there's just, just part of the business. The only part of it that I would disagree with coach on. And, and I, and I don't, and I think it's disagreeing with what he said, but I don't, I think he didn't get into all of it is the kids going to, if it, kids right now, they're telling Notre Dame, they are going to take visits that want to commit. They're not taking commitments from that's I'm on board with that. Flat on on board with what they're doing in that regard. and, it means that they haven't landed a couple of commits that they might've landed. Maybe they'd have kept those kids. Maybe not. But for example, uh, there's one kid that I don't think they're going to get that basically committed to them, but they wouldn't let them go public because exactly what's going on now. I don't think they're going to get the kid. And so I think that's something that Notre Dame needs to, needs to avoid. They, they don't want to get into that. They don't want to get into that. And, uh, that's where we're at. So, good, good question, Scott. Really good question. So, folks, that's going to do it for today's show. So many great questions. Today. I want to appreciate y'all very much for for just coming and being with us today. Uh, for just kind of did, did a little bit of a solo show today, so I appreciate that. Before we get out of here, remember hit that like button, folks. Subscribe to the channel. Also, if if you if if you haven't done so already, I ask y'all to do us a favor: subscribe to the CFP Nation YouTube channel. Subscribe to the CFP Nation. Podcast channel. We're not doing a lot with the YouTube channel yet, but we are working on a lot of things. We're going to have a a, a plan for that. We're going to really get into that in, over the summer, especially. Uh, we're going to eventually take all the shows on the YouTube on the podcast channel and off of the IB Nation feed and put them on to just their channel by themselves. So if you like the content that we're doing on CFB Nation, so that's a Lucky Lefty show, the CFB all, CFB All America, Rise, Ryan's Rise and Draft Show. We're gonna. I'm gonna have an. I'm gonna have a couple shows that I'm gonna do. I don't know if they're going to start this summer or into the fall. That'll only be on CFP Nation. So you're going to do that. We're, we're looking for some recruiting help on CFP Nation on, on there as well. So there's a lot of stuff that are um, that are that uh, we're going to have for that. But you, you need to go subscribe to that now. We would greatly appreciate that so we can kind of transition that over, which is then going to help us build that channel up even more. So if you like listening to those shows, please – Subscribe to the CFP Nation podcast app you can find it on Apple, Spotify, all those. It's the red, white, and blue logo. There is some other CFP Nation channel that I don't think is active anymore, but it's got a different logo. Uh, ours is the red, white, and blue CFP Nation logo, so definitely check that out. And, of course, sign up for the message boards at boards.irishbreakdown.com. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. Have an awesome weekend, and we'll talk to you all again soon uh, on Monday, in fact, on the Irish Breakdown podcast. <laughs>